Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Our goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT, you keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough, we suck, you let us down. Angry Lou, angry Lou. A hole the size of, I don't even know what, in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Great call by manager Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address... The closer situation. Lou, what's up, bro? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Oh, baby, I know he was in yesterday as a part of, uh, what do you call it? Well, it was Jock Itch for, oh, okay. for an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, Lou, unlike Razor, decided to honor his commitment and stay the full four hours where Razor decided he had had enough and left after an hour and a half. He, uh, he had to go play some golf. He had some very important things to do because he's a very important person. Ah, It's really what it is. He's and more then, important and, than Lou and I. And then he had Wiggy representing the NBA, which yes. is, well, another story well, he, for another he time. He couldn't stay in character, Gresh. <laughs> okay. He was a basketball player. He turned into a football player, then a hockey player. He just he got very confused. He is, uh, well, apparently wanted Uh-oh. by the police and Uh-oh. about Uh-oh. to get picked up there on the Harbor One hotline. Our friend uh, Lou Merloni. <laughs> Tell him who you are. Also, do you know, hey, say, do you know who I am? PC legend Lou Merloni. That's what it is, baby. I went to Providence when they had baseball. Oh. oh we got we got fire trucks going through downtown Marshfield. Just came back from the beach. It's summertime now. I got to drop the kids off. He's got to jump on the bridge. I got to tell him to be careful. It's just how it goes. Mm. Oh, look at that. So are you out sunning yourself today, working on that olive complexion? No, I'm not. I'm not. He might be, but I'm not. No, I'm going I'm going way back to the cost. I got a little big league way go tonight. Talk gags. So that's, that's right. So I'm excited. That's right. So when will you show up at the park? Like, are you like first bus guy? Are you like early cab guy? <laughs> that's the way we do. We would designate it right in the pros and in, in the NFL, Lou. Like there's the first yep. bus and the second bus, and then there's those real hardo guys that want to get there even earlier. So they actually hop in a cab and get to the park. So are you first no, bus saying, or you cab guy? No, we don't do buses. We don't do buses. We're like cab Ubers these days, whatever. But, like, at home, it's like when is – basically, it's all around Cora, right? Like, him talking, like, at 4 o'clock maybe or something like that. And you're like, all right, get in the building, get in there, hear what he had to say. Just There's always something there kind of like pregame. You know, on the road, similar, same thing. You know, like, just when's Cora going to be talking? That Maybe I want to get in the clubhouse one day. I'll go a little early and talk to somebody. But for the most part, I don't know, 334, in that range. Lou, there's changes on the field – 
there's some questions now. Even David Ortiz is out there saying, hey, I'm an approachable guy at the ballpark, and people don't come up to talk to me about whether it's leadership or hitting or something like that. Uh, is the foundation starting to crack here on this organization or at least this year's team? You know, I, I'd wonder if, listen, everybody goes into the year thinking like, you know, we've got the team, we've got the roster, you know, we can do this. Even though deep down they're sort of like, yeah, there's a, still a ceiling. And we were talking about it yesterday. There's a ceiling, you know, of 88 wins if things go well, maybe 90 if we get hot and make a, a you know, acquire someone at the deadline. But it's not the ceiling you want. Your ceiling should be 100. Your ceiling should be ALE. So, and then, you know, when you start when you hot, start off hot, you're like, okay, see, we're doing what we're doing. But when you go through these three-week struggle, reality hits, you know, whether it's water kind of coming up to its level or not, that, you know, this is kind of where you are. You know, you're going to be battling, you know, three, four, five games over 500, hopefully. Who knows, right? Like, that's kind of where you live. And, and that gets frustrating in the locker but not just in the locker room, but just everywhere else in that building, right? Ownership, GM, manager, coaches frustrations they put a ton of time in this thing and they want to have a team they feel like they can win with and they want to have a team that a roster they can go up there and play good baseball and when things go sideways then you start just yeah things unravel a little bit i don't know if we're at that point yet but you know i'm sure some people aren't happy with the way it's going so lou how important is this series with the yankees yeah, you know, it's just it's it's more important than Colorado. Yeah, it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? You should have taken two out of three there. I mean, it's like a baseball mentality of everything's important. Like, I don't care if you're one game under 500. Tonight's the most important game of the year. And it sounds cliche, but it's really true. Play better baseball. If you play good baseball, if you hit situationally, catch the baseball, you take two out of three. You get back to 500, you move on to the next one. So it, they're just at a point where they got to play better baseball. And I think if they do that, they can be the Yankee team that, quite frankly, if I was a Yankee fan, I'd be more pissed off about the Yankees than the Red Sox because they got a five-game lead over this team that we didn't think much of. Without Judge, it's a skeleton crew. Lou Maloney with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Is this where they're really missing Xander Bogarts, Lou? Not on the field necessarily, but off the field? Yeah, I think so. You know, I do because I, I think, number one, it solidifies shortstop and it adds another bat. You know, so when somebody goes down, you got another guy that you know could carry you for a month. So the player himself, I think they've really missed this year because they just haven't figured that position out. In the locker room, yeah. Last week, I think there was a couple days where guys, you know, like had struggled and left and didn't talk to the media. And it's like, okay, who who's the player that's going to walk up to those guys and say, that's not the way we do it here? You know what I mean? If you have a bad game, you sit in your locker and you talk to the media. You know, like, who's the guy doing that? You know, and, and I think Xander was. So... Um, that leadership, I think, is missed. So, Lou, if, if you were the manager, what would be, do you think, would be your first? Who would you cut? Uh, no, 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 we're not going to go cutting. We're not going to cut anybody. It's, it, no. But your best defensive uh, outfield, your best defensive lineup is what? Like, infield and outfield. Like Because, of course, yeah, I sent this guy, teach this guy a lesson, this guy can't play. Based on the roster they have, who are the best guys? Yeah, I would say that this is where I would keep guys. Like, second base would be Kike and Arroyo. Reyes is your shortstop till Chen comes back. Kike and Duran play center. Duvall and, and Yoshida play left. Turner plays first. He gets a couple days off. Duvall plays a couple days at first. Duvall DHs a couple days. Yoshida DHs a couple days. And that's kind of your rotation. And if you do the math, the odd man out, unfortunately, is Casas. And I like him, and I think that he'll eventually get there. But I just... 
I don't know. I just feel like that's your best offensively and defensive lineup on a nightly basis. And there's nothing wrong with sending young kids down for a, you know, a week or two or a month just to catch their breath. Go back down. Sit and watch baseball for a little bit. Let's get back to playing. You know, you're a good defenseman. You're a good hitter. Let's get back to it. Let's gain some confidence. We'll see you back in the big leagues in a month. You have a good career. There's guys all around the league that have been very successful that have done just that. But when I look at those rosters, this roster, that's kind of what I look at. You know, like Turner Duvall first, Duvall Yoshida in left, Durant Kike in center, Kike Arroyo at second. So here's a, just a random observation. Um, Yoshida, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually amazed at how many – how often he gets a day off. And I was like watching like, Oh, you know, when his uh, his history here with him back in Japan where, you know, if he played too much, he would lose his legs and he couldn't hit. Like, is that an accurate, you know, depiction of what's going on with him and why he gets so many days off? Well, yeah, I think they're still learning him. Remember we talked about it before, right? Like they really, they talked to the hitting coaches. They talked to the organization about Yoshida. They had a really good scouting report once they signed up to find out, like, when it goes bad, what's it look like? When it's going well, what's it look like? And that was one of the things. You know, in Japan, you have every single Monday off. Like, every Monday off. It's a six-man rotation. They have six starters. That's why, like, Japanese pitchers, like the Angels tried to do it for Otani. But every Monday off is really nice, <laughs> like, for your body. That's not the case here in the big leagues. You know, you don't play six days day off every single week. You got to play ten days, fourteen days, twenty days sometimes in a row. So I think that's just something they want to keep an eye on. I was surprised that last day off because he had one the, a couple nights before. So I don't know what was going on with that latest day off. Maybe they just felt like he just you know he was really tired this time and needed two you know three out of four days off. It's amazing. So much money for a guy that should. It's not like he's old. Uh, no, yeah, it's really not that much money. To be uh, honest with you. I'm just saying, like, if he's if he hits 300 with a 400 on base and a 500 slugging, and he approaches 900, you know, OPS, 17 million dollars to drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just wish he was, you know, defensively he's okay. But what but it's, you, just, it's, it's not a 30 million dollar player. But what you say also makes sense because you know culturally the way the differences are from the Japanese game to here and getting that guy uh, acclimated. I don't. It, it doesn't bother me as, as much as as it does others. Let's let's try to talk something at least mildly positive, and that yeah. would be this run that Brian Bayo is on. What yeah. are you seeing from Bayo in his development as we approach the halfway point of this season? You know, the the stuff was always there, but now when you get to the big leagues, you got to figure out how to use it. You know, and the usage has been a lot better. You know, I mean, his his sinker changeup. It's such a dynamic combo. Like, it's really hard to hit. He's got a four-seam fastball that should live on top of the zone, right? Not in the bottom of the zone. So, like, those little things. Like, you got good stuff, but you just don't know how to use it. You just don't know how to get big-league hitters out. You know what I mean? And I think he's having a better understanding of going to his good stuff. You know, the slider, when to throw it, when to throw the changeup. Like, that's pitching. You know, that's why all these kids come up with, like, electric stuff and they just they can't figure it out or they get they struggle because they're not using it right. And I think he's starting to do that. So that's it's exciting. I think he's got a little, you know, a little confidence, you know, on the mound. You kind of see it, a little flashy. It, it, it's fun to watch. And it's nice to see them finally have, like, a young star that they've developed that could be something special. Do, do, uh, do you think that the Red Sox will be leading after the second inning? What are the what's the money line? Am I, what, what uh, <laughs> yeah, just walk away from it. Plus a lot, <laughs> plus one something. I just listen because wait, didn't uh, didn't Tanner Hawk? Didn't he pitch the last time last weekend? Didn't he already have a start against them? Pitched pretty well, but they uh, lost. 
Yeah, you know, on Saturday, both these guys faced each other in New York, Yankees 3-1, to but Hauk went six innings, three hits, and gave up two home runs, and one was a cheap little Yankee Stadium thing. Yeah. He threw well. I apologize if this came up yesterday, but Lou, your thoughts on uh, what is going on with the A's moving to Vegas and the fact that Rob Manfred apparently congratulated the Oakland protesters, let's call them, for being an average major league crowd on that night, (laughs) around 27,000 people. Now, uh, Your thoughts on, on the A's and the move and the fact that Manfred is pretty much trolling these people in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, it's – I feel bad for the area. I mean, you know, they lost the Raiders. You know, now they lost the A's. And and it's sort of like, you know, but then again, it's – then you look at ownership, and it's like, well, if you gave me a better product, like maybe we would come watch it. You know, the fans go out there and protest, and you could easily sit there and say, well, well, if you, you came out last night and protest, like, like Manfred apparently is trolling. I'm like, why wouldn't you just do that every single night? Well, because we suck. And the way your league is set up, we win 40 games a year. And every single time we have a good player, we got to trade him away because we have no money. You know, so it's like the, the, it's back and forth. So I think it's good that they're moving to Vegas. I'm curious to see how the game is there. I know football will be fine. Um, hockey, a couple times a week, will be fine. Seven-day homestand or 10-day homestand. I don't know. They pack that thing every night. It'll be interesting to see. Are uh, there going to be a lot of uh, little uh, uh, hungover bachelor party dudes and some maybe some bachelorette dudes and – Something to that effect. Like, there's going to be some way for them to pack it. Like, hey, if you're here for a bachelor party, come in early. We gave you a drink special and a lap dance. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you if the Sox are playing in Vegas next, you know, on, on like a weekend, he's going all three. Like he's going all three. Like I'm going to one. I'm comatose the other two. Yeah. Well, you bought tickets. To go. Yeah, you bought tickets with the idea of going. Yeah, every day we're going to do nothing but go to the game, and then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be great. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Red Sox baseball in Oakland. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got sorry about all the all the glitter on my oh, face. Uh, Mercedes yeah. really put it on Whoa. a lot last night. Uh, Lou, what do you make 20, of the 20, stadium? 20 bucks a beer or can I go to the table and get free boots? Oh. Hey. You know what? Where, where would you stay? Uh, you know what? You'll end up at the Excalibur right across the oh, street. Oh, gross. <laughs> Get bed, get lice and bed bugs. Oh, disgusting! Thirty-seven bucks Lou, a room. Uh, Lou, we took in the uh, we took in the Australian Review show last night. What do you think, Ball Two? Yeah, man from man from down under, the Thunder from down under. Lou, that was a great show. I didn't know they were going to get do the full Monty though. Foul ball to Devers. Cantaloupes for ten ninety nine. Speaking of cantaloupes, cantaloupes ten ninety nine. Yeah, my guess is there's going to be a lot of, like, uh, between innings entertainment, and I can't wait to find out what Oh, is. baby, that is good stuff. Lou, thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Have a great week. We'll catch you next Friday. All right, guys. Have a great week. All right, everybody. see you, buddy.